This is In-Ear Insights, the Trust Insights Podcast. In this week's In-Ear Insights, it is the start of Q3. It is July of 2021, halfway through the year. So Katie, we're halfway through the year. What are you looking at and thinking about and talking to clients about as we reach this this midpoint in the marathon that is the, you know, the, the combined 2020, 2021, whatever this is? Uh, you know, midpoint, just like January 1st, July 1st is always a good time to reevaluate your goals, you know, to just sort of do that general health check of, am I coming close to the things that I wanted to accomplish? Like, it's, you can break it down in very simple math. You can say, am I halfway? Am I at least halfway? Am I more than halfway? Did I set up my goals in such a way that I can measure to see if I'm even halfway? That might be a good place to start as well. And so, um, you know, the general counsel right now is do your health check. You know, are you getting where you want to go? And if you're not, it's a great time to pivot. I mean, any time is a great time to pivot. But if you're looking for those like, you know, pillars on the ground of January 1st, July 1st, this is a great time uh, to be doing that. What about you, Chris? Do you do sort of those mid-year or even just general health checks on your own data? Uh, I do them a lot more frequently. I do them around monthly uh, because one of the things that we started doing, because we pointed out last year when we did our big, you know, start of the pandemic reevaluation was that uh, we weren't doing any of the techniques that we do for our clients for ourselves. So mm-hmm. we started doing monthly SEO reports, monthly attribution models, monthly content analysis models, uh, monthly uh, SEO uh, search console models, just to see what's happening with our business. And I include my own stuff and you know the Marketing Over Co- Coffee podcast, all, anything that we have access to, I put into the, our software because why not? It's there. We wrote it. We may as well get some benefit mm-hmm. out of it for ourselves. Uh, so yeah, I look um, uh, on a more month basis. I, typically, I look at a rolling 90-day time frame to see what, what's happening, but with an emphasis towards like what happened in the last 30 days. Do you think that there's too much of an emphasis on those, you know, once a year, twice a year planning sessions? And it's like it, the stakes feel like they get to be too high. So if I say, okay, July 1st, mm-hmm. we're going to evaluate our goals. I think what happens a lot of time is everybody starts scrambling to pull all that information together. It becomes sort of like a big overwhelming uh, meeting. People are like, okay, I need to know exactly what's happening. And really, if you, to your point, Chris, if you'd been doing it all along, you wouldn't need those big like company-wide meetings to look at all of the metrics all at once. Um, So that aside, um, you know, as we're talking about analytics, you know, mid-year, once a quarter, once a month, regardless of when you look at it, you should be reevaluating your analytics. And this includes your Facebook analytics, your Instagram analytics, your, you know, website analytics, your email analytics, basically any marketing channel that you're using, you should be reevaluating to see, am I getting close to my goal for the year? Did I set a goal? Is now a great time to set a goal? You can set a goal any time of the year. It doesn't have to be on the first of the month or of any month. It can be on the 13th of a month. It can be on the 27th of a month. Just set a goal and start measuring toward it. It's funny. Um, when we used to manage people, one of the things that uh, you and I both used to say a lot is that someone's annual review should never be a surprise, right? Yeah. By the time they have their annual review, it should be like, oh yeah, I've heard all this at least a dozen times, if not more with monthly, you know, 
good mini reviews and weekly touch bases and stuff like that mm -hmm. and daily standups to the point where you know a review should not only be not not be a surprise it should it should be boring right it should be like yeah yeah um you just you know when you say people scrambling for these big meetings i i think of like you're planning like a road trip right and suddenly like everyone's the destination's a surprise like oh my god we're not at the destination like well no you you, you put the destination in your maps app a while ago and you've been driving along this route and yeah you may have gotten lost a few times <laughs> along the way but the destination really hasn't changed i mean if the destination substantially changed then obviously you would want to wait six months or 12 months to tell everybody hey we're not going to to san francisco anymore we're now going to uh jalisco like, like what that's a totally different place what how did that happen and so i feel like that part of the process of a, a health check should definitely not be a surprise but also if you know you're changing destinations that should be something you communicate sooner rather than later I agree with that. Yeah, if you're on a road trip and you're in it and you're in the car driving towards someplace, you don't, to your point, Chris, like, why would I wait six months to tell people like, hey, I know you thought that we arrived in San Francisco, but really we arrived in Tampa. And I just waited to tell you, I've been deceiving you this whole time. Like, that just seems like a really bad road trip to me personally. Um, <laughs> No, but I think that the example of performance reviews is spot on. Like really the purpose of a performance review is to literally sign the paper of everything that you already know. You should not be bringing up anything new and surprising at that time. And the same is true with your analytics checks. And so, you know, you could make the argument, well, I do the monthly reporting. Okay, well, is your monthly reporting useful to the point where you can look at it and go, I know exactly what's happening and like I can make a decision or is it just something you do to check a box? And so that's where I would start in terms of determining, you know, am I keeping track of my analytics in such a way that I know exactly what's happening and I don't need to worry about the big twice a year meetings where we have to pull everything together. Now, the other side of that is, you know, uh, a company or a marketing team might say, well, we're so focused on our client work that we don't have time to worry about ourselves. And that is, you know, and we fall into that trap as well. You have to prioritize your company, your team as a client and give it equal value in order to make sure you don't fall behind and go, oh, crap, we've been trailing for six months and we didn't even know that we were on the road to Tampa and we thought we were going to California. Exactly, exactly. And the thing that I think a lot of people still have a lot of trouble with in any of these analytics reviews is understanding the difference between a metric and a KPI, right? Being able to say, hey, this is what you're getting your bonus for. And you are, you know, this close to getting like you're 40% of the way to your bonus. Uh, if you're if you are held accountable for website traffic, you're 40% of the way there. Uh, but we're 50% of the way through the year. So you got some catching up to do, right? Mm -hmm. Or you're 80% of the way to your, your goal. And we're 50% through the year, you know, keep it up, and you'll get a bonus and then some. But I don't know that we think like that. I think, again, because of the, the lack of analytical skills, we just kind of barf data everywhere and hope that somebody can help interpret it and make some sense of it, as opposed to saying, when you have all this data, what stuff are you getting paid for? Right? Mm -hmm. And that's what you report on is here's what you're paying me to do. Like when we give stuff to clients, the client is paying us for a deliverable, right? They don't necessarily care except you know, beyond the terms of the contract, how long it takes us to do it behind the scenes. They shouldn't care. They've just bought a thing. Um, 
And yet, when you look at the way PR firms and ad firms and, and all these different companies work, very often they're barfing back. Here's all the things we did. Like that's that's not what we're paying for. So when we're talking a, a mid-year health check, we're really talking about have you done the things you said you were going to do, whatever they are, uh, mm -hmm. in the time allotted. And you know, one of the things I do when I look back at, at client projects is with what were we paid to do? Did we deliver that in you know and, and meet the expectations of the client? And then if we like the client, did we go a little bit above and beyond? Not a lot, not to the point where it's irresponsible, but you know, did we do something a little bit extra to say to this client, hey, we think we can continue adding value to you. And so my health check for clients is how, how happy are they, right? Ultimately, that's what I measure myself on is, is the client happy? And the, obviously the, the easiest sign to measure that is, does the client keep paying us money, right? <laughs> if the project's over, it's like, hey, we want to do another one. Okay, they were happy um, mm -hmm. and, they, and they saw value. Uh, what do you do when you do your mid-year health check for yourself as, as the chief executive of the organization? Well, you know, I was just thinking about that and it comes down to the so what. Like to your point, Chris, like you can look at a bunch of numbers, but so what? Do these numbers mean anything to you and the company? And so this is where setting those goals is really critical to say, what are the things that I care the most about? And then start to do that KPI map so that you have that trickle down of here's all the things I need to pay attention to. And then here's just all the extra noise. So I personally don't care about Facebook followers for this company for the context of what it is we're trying to accomplish because after having collected that information for a while we know that the number of facebook followers that we have doesn't necessarily impact our bottom line of revenue so what i the way that i do it is i look at well you know at the start of the year or at the end of last year what was the revenue goal that i set and can i break it down you know roughly estimate month over month the numbers that we should be hitting and then am I hitting those numbers month over month? And then six months into the year, am I halfway to that goal? If not, oh crap, we have a lot of work to do and start working backward that way to say, what are the things that we need to do? What are we not doing to meet that goal? What are the things that we're doing that aren't contributing to the goal? And can those things be shelved for now? So that's the way that I look at it. And I'm using revenue as an example, but there's other metrics that people care about. It might be Facebook followers, because that's what your business is based around. And so using that same goal of I need to hit 100,000 Facebook followers over the next year, you break that down month over month and say, am I hitting those? Am I hitting that number every single month? If not, it's a great way to adjust instead of waiting for the whole entire year and say, did I hit it or not? So talk about that in, in more detail. Once you know that a number is not where you want it to be. What are the steps that you take to rectify and break that down? So, okay, we know this, you know, this number's at 40% and it should be a 50%. What, mm -hmm. What's next? What do we do? We've got so what, we need mm -hmm. now what? Yeah, so, you know, so let's just take the revenue example. You know, let's say I wanted to make $100,000 this year. And so you would think halfway through the year, I should be at $50,000, but I'm not, I'm only at $30,000. So my first question is, you know, what happened? So I need to understand why I'm only at 30 and not at 50. So did I bring in less business? Did I bring in more business, but for lower amounts? Um, have we been spending more money 
to sort of drain from the money that we're bringing in. And so I need to figure out all of those things. And then I need to figure out, okay, what's working. So if we are selling things, what are we selling? Can we sell more of those things? It might be talking to the community and saying, hey, do people have budget right now at all? If not, I need to start to adjust my goal to say, maybe I wanted to bring in $100,000, but it's only realistic to bring in $75,000, for example. It's okay to change the goal once you have more information. So I might have this lofty idea that $100,000 is the target we have to hit. But in reality, the money doesn't exist. It doesn't exist anywhere in the industry because budgets are so locked down that unless you know, some sort of a miracle happened, we're never going to get that money. So it's an unrealistic goal based on the data that I have. So that's where I start to adjust as I'm evaluating the metrics and the goals to say, do I have the data to support that this is the number that I'm trying to hit? That's a really interesting example because budgets typically trail reality, right? Like you get your mm -hmm. annual budget, for example, and it's it's kind of like warfare, right? It's like you're, you're always fighting the last war. Um, mm -hmm. And so 2021 budgets in a lot of ways are reflective of where organizations were at the end of 2020 after, you know, uh, the the pay, uh, punch to the face that the pandemic was for the first half of it. Um, mm -hmm. Now we're in a very different reality where for good or ill in the places, at least we do business, things are opening up. And so demand is there. Uh, but companies are still operating on it in a 2020 budgeting mindset how do you help somebody you know as they're at this mid-year checkpoint say like yeah your your budget is completely out of touch with reality you budgeted ten thousand dollars for marketing for all of this year but the demand you have now is such that you should be at a hundred thousand dollars of our marketing budget because you're you're basically giving up customers to your competitors well, so that's where you start to look at those individual metrics and see what the return on investment is. So let's say I'm doubling down on email, for example. Well, I need to start to look at my email channel and say, is it doing anything for me? Is it bringing in, you know, new prospects into my database? Is it the reason people buy something? Is it where people buy something from? And so mm -hmm. then you can start to say, you could, it's, you know, it's, it's a bit of math, like, and you can do the back of the envelope math, or you can do the full analysis of each, but to say, Let's say I only budgeted, you know, $100 for email, for example, but for some reason, email is bringing in, you know, 3x ROI. Well, then that says to me, I can probably comfortably continue to increase my budget just to continue to bring in, you know, more of those customers. And so you need to, I, I, when you're talking budget, when you're talking money, people tend to act a little bit more there's two schools of thought. There's either the super conservative and you do it incrementally, or there's the completely chaotic and you just throw money at anything and just hope that it sticks and hope that it works. And I tend to be more of the conservative incremental. Okay, so if I have $100,000 for the whole year, I'm not going to spend it all at once. I'm going to incrementally continue to increase it and see based on the information that I have. That's how I would approach it with a client to say, okay, let's take a look at what's been working and let's continue to increase it, you know, maybe spread it out so that you have a little bit less risk of just one channel. Maybe we do two channels or three channels, but we don't throw it all down at once because then, you know, a month from now, your money's all gone and you still have five months left of the year. Right, exactly. So the thing that I would add to that is we you need to bucket your metrics into sort of 
where they are. So one of the things that we tell folks all the time is you've got to have really good attribution analysis. What's what's converting, right? That's sort of the bottom of the, your operations funnel. Know what those numbers are. Then there's the middle, the, what kind of engagement you're getting. Are you getting people to your website, right? And, what, and by what channel? That's sort of the middle layer. And then the top layer is all those activities, Facebook and Twitter and press releases and Google ads and all that stuff. And you have different layers of metrics to each one but they all have to come out at the bottom. They all have to come out and, and say like, yeah, this is what's making us money. And when you're doing the mid-year evaluation, you wanna look at the conversion rates within those layers and then between layers. So if Facebook is doing great from impressions to clicks, but then they get to your site and they're like, I'm out of here. They're like, okay, so that's clearly not, you know, Facebook's not working there to get people to the bottom. Whereas if you look at, to your mm -hmm. example, email, email, your email open rates might be like in the toilet, right? But those that get through convert really well. It's like okay, like ninety four percent of the people who get to the the bottom from email are are in. Like they're they're a sure bet. So as you're putting together your half year review, instead of just having all of your metrics on a spreadsheet and hoping that you know someone can find their way around it, put it in some kind of logical order, like a story. Like here's the, our customers, you know, buyer's journey from mm -hmm. awareness to engagement to conversion, and then when you look at stage by stage you can figure out well, this is where the problem was. When I was looking at our search console data this morning, um, there's search impressions, which is uh, uh, Google saying, hey, I think you're relevant for this this search query. I'm gonna show you. So we're like, cool, we got the nod from Google. And then there's clicks, which is when Google shows that in results and the user goes, huh, I wanna click on that. And they click on that. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's the machine and the human. And for us, the, our problem is actually the human, not Google. We're actually okay with Google. It's that we're not okay with the human who sees the Google result. And so as part of our review, I can then look at it and go, ah, I see here that uh, the descriptions, the way our, our, our search listing looks, which is really an ad, kind of sucks. <laughs> it's kind of, it's not very appealing. And so now we know what to, to pivot and go fix. But I think the key part that's missing from everybody's reviews, ours included, because we have never really written this down, we probably should, is here's what this number means. And here's what it implies you should do about it. So like search impressions means Google likes you. If it's bad, what should you do about it? You need to put you know more topic research in and things like that. Search clicks means the user likes you. Here's what this means. If, if it's mm -hmm. low, it means that your appearance in search sucks and, and you have you have terrible, it, it looks, looks unappealing. And I don't think people have that written down to say like, so that you can hand it off to someone, maybe more, a more junior person say, do the analysis, do the mid-year review for your stuff, but include back to me, here's what this number means to me. Because if I get that back from my analyst and I read it and go, that, that's not what that number means. Then mm -hmm. I know I've actually got kind of full circle to what we were talking about earlier, I've got a change management problem because this person does not know what I need them to know to do their job effectively. And now because they repeated back what their so what is, I can say, we need to educate, we need to train. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting as you're describing, you know, going through every channel, creating the funnel for every channel. My first thought is, wow, people are gonna think that that's a lot of work and really overwhelming if you only do it once a year if you're doing it consistently week over week, month over month, and you set it up that you're just maintaining these numbers, uh, then it's not an overwhelming or daunting ask at all. It's something you should just be able to look at. You should theoretically have a lot of it set up 
in some kind of like an automated data studio dashboard or a Suido dashboard or whatever automated reporting system it is that you use. And you don't have to set it up all at once. You don't have to sit down one day, eight hours and get everything set up. You can incrementally set things up over time as you have more information about what it is you need to know. So let's say you are a brand new marketing team, brand new startup, and you're like, I don't know what to pay attention to. It can feel very overwhelming to feel like you have to be looking at everything all at once. Well, start with one number, start with one metric, and maybe it's number of visitors to our website. Why? Well, that's usually a good indication that you're marketing correctly. And then you start to build from there. So if you have a website, you probably want people to go visit it. So start there and see what can I build off of that? What other things do I care about? Okay, if I know people are coming to my website, then do I also have an email newsletter? Okay, should I start tracking number of subscribers week over week and start building off of that instead of trying to do it all at once? And then that makes it a lot less overwhelming and daunting and it makes it more manageable but then you're starting to see those trends over time because you're collecting the information consistently and not waiting until once a year when it's too late to do anything about it. That's sort of the other side of the conversation is if you're waiting for that once a year, twice a year, those big meetings to go, what happened? It's too late to do anything about it. It's already happened. It's passed. Some of it might've happened four months ago and you could have done something then, but now you're in July and it happened in February. You can't, you and can't would, change that. Exactly. And I would say, if you're, if you're unsure of like, even how to prioritize that, start from the bottom up, right? Mm -hmm. What's the closest thing to your paycheck, right? It, for a lot of us, it's got to be some kind of conversion, right? Start with that. Because if you can't figure that out, you're hosed. It's time to update your mm -hmm. LinkedIn profile because, you know, the, the, the company's got a, a pretty serious problem. So if you can't tell, you know, if I'm a marketer at, say, a, a, a B2B company like ours, and I need to turn marketing qualified leads over to sales, mm -hmm. that's the first number that should be on my dashboard, because that is ultimately, even if it's not what I'm paid to do, mm -hmm. uh, it is what will keep the company in business. So if I can't figure out how to get marketing qualified leads, I'd say there's a, a, a pretty serious problem. So when you're prioritizing, start from the bottom up. Don't try to do everything at the top of the funnel. Top of the funnel right. stuff is easy. Like, yeah, you can download all your Facebook analytics data, but you don't know if it matters yet. Don't waste your time on stuff that doesn't matter. So I think that that's a really good example, Chris. So you could even say, okay, you and I specifically for Trust Insights, we're responsible for different things in terms of conversions. And, you know, for the sake of this conversation, I could say I'm responsible for people filling out our contact form saying, I want to buy something from you. That's the conversion number that I'm responsible for. And then Chris, the conversion number you're responsible for is people, you know, downloading your talks, signing up for the newsletter, making sure that they're paying attention to the content. So already we've started to split apart the conversions into two individual disciplines and you and I can focus on different things. Exactly. And that's that again, if you're at your mid-year health check, and you're unclear about your responsibilities, this is a great time to clarify that because mm -hmm. you really, really want to know what am I being held accountable for? Or what am I not being held accountable for? Because there may be things that you're like, yeah, I, I thought I was in charge of this, but actually I'm not. And if you can, if everything that you put on your plate to do takes time and energy and there's a point after which you can't do a great job on anything. You may be able to do a okay job on 20 things, but you really should be doing a great job on five. 
And I think that that goes back to one of the original points in the conversation is if you're waiting until the mid-year check to figure out what you're accountable for, responsible for, you've probably waited too long. These are conversations that you should be having throughout the whole entire year. So I guess sort of the so what of the analytics health check is don't wait until the one big meeting a year set yourself up for success by making sure you're doing things consistently and incrementally throughout the entire year, throughout the entire month, even throughout the entire day. And it could be, okay, here's five minutes today that I'm going to spend setting up one thing that I can measure. Here's five minutes tomorrow that I'm going to build on that. And five minutes on that the day after that I'm going to build on that. And you will start to see that you can look at those trends over time and take action sooner rather than waiting until December 31st when it's just too late, you're SOL. Exactly. The other thing I would say is if you do have um, predictive analytics capabilities in, in your company uh, or you have a, a good agency partner that does them, use that to also govern when those reviews are occurring. Because one of the things that with any kind of review, people don't do them because they feel like other than you know, the minimum required to, to meet internal company you know, requirements, they don't do it because they feel like they don't have time, right? So if you have either a really strong sense of the seasonality of your business or you have predictive analytics capabilities, pick your review times, not based on an arbitrary time on the calendar, but then when you are least busy so that you can devote as much time to it as possible and say, okay, this is a time when, yeah, nobody's doing anything. So let's invest he most heavily at those times. So like we close the company, um, towards the end of the year of to the outside world. We close the doors. We're like, okay, we're not working uh, on client stuff because typically there isn't a whole lot of client stuff to be done because a lot of people just vaporize. And those are the times where mm -hmm. we're like, okay, we need to dramatically overhaul our email server because it's on its last legs uh, and these things that require more deep work. But we do that knowing the seasonality of the business. So as you're at this mm -hmm. mid-year point, yes, it's a good idea to to check in but if also if you know in three weeks time that's when you really actually gonna be the quietest then use the mid-year checkpoint to say i'm going to prioritize the things we can do now and then when we our deep work period comes up we're going to close the doors or block off half the day on our calendars or whatever and mm -hmm. and burn down the stuff that we know we're not investing in otherwise well and i think that that's a really good place to start to wrap up the conversation is you know there's so much psychology that goes into it so if you think about you know, this whole idea of January 1st, New Year's resolutions, how much pressure are people putting on themselves to set a resolution of some sort of change that they're going to make about themselves, whether or not they really feel passionate of, but they feel like they have to. And so to your point, Chris, instead, use the data that you have about your business to determine when you should be setting those New Year's resolutions. And it doesn't have to be January 1st, maybe it's March 13th. Maybe that's a better day for you to start a new resolution or to set a new goal because that's what works for your business. And it's more likely that you're going to stick with it because you are mentally prepared to do the thing rather than feeling this pressure of what everybody outside is also doing. Do what works for your business. Exactly. So it's the mid-year ch health check. 
Um, if you're having trouble doing a health check of your own and you like some assistance, uh, that is certainly something that we're more than happy to, to have a chat with you about. Go to over to trustinsights.ai slash contact. If you've got questions about anything we've talked about in today's show, go to trustinsights.ai slash analytics for marketers, our free Slack group with almost 1,900 marketers asking and answering questions all day, every day. And wherever it is that you watch or listen to this episode, go to trustinsights.ai slash TI podcast where you can figure out how to follow it on the channel of your choice. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Need help making your marketing platforms, processes, and people work smarter? Visit trustinsights.ai today and learn how we can help you deliver more impact.